Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Soccer Today is powered by Spin Media. From podcast to video production, visit SpinMediaDigitalSolutions.com and bring your content to the next level. Ya lo hace, pierna derecha, directo al arco, golazo, golazo, golazo. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. Good day, good night, and welcome to Soccer Today for Thursday, September 29th. 2022. I'm Kev Larame. Dwayne Rollins will be joining me in a second as we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube page and our podcast everywhere you find your favorite podcast. And Dwayne, let's start the show today by talking about one very painful thing. I have to say, I experienced maybe the most painful hour of my life earlier today. As as you know, and I know you have become doing the same thing over the last couple of uh, months and years we've been getting into shape and working out and i've uh, decided to go get a real massage from a massotherapist uh from an ordained therapist and uh turns out that my two decades plus of the restaurant industry really damaged my shoulders and you know i can't feel my shoulders anymore the the, the massage therapist really really worked is magic and uh yeah that was painful well well there you go yeah uh therapeutic massage much different than relaxation uh massage although truth be told i I was gifted a relaxation massage once a few years ago and i just found the entire experience frustrating you know if you're gonna massage me come on yeah don't exactly and there was no nothing frustrating here outside of the the pain and the the white knuckles coming out of the session, but it's good. It's for, it's for the best for the future, which is what we're here to talk about today. The future of MLS or MLS futures, should I say? Who will win MLS Cup? Who will maybe win the Golden Boot? Those are a couple of the conversation we will have today, a maybe conversation around the coffee table type of show today. We're a little bit more quiet, a little bit more wrapping our mindset around Major League Soccer that has continued throughout the international break and maybe we will look at some of the results that we have missed during the international break but Dwayne covering TFC when they're eliminated at this point is just pretty much over and you're just looking ahead to next year but what are you looking forward to in MLS until the end of the season? Well 
I mean, look, in general, the playoffs are always interesting, although, you know, I think at this point in time, I'd be lying if I said my focus wasn't more on the form of the Canadian national team players uh, combined with, you know, sort of watching the European season start to develop into what's a very interesting European year. But in terms of MLS, yeah, uh, I will watch Montreal with interest because they are very much tied into what I do uh, on this show and, and to the Canadian national team, as I just said. So that should be fun. Uh, TFC, look, it's about setting itself up for next year. Uh, there is, you know, one or two more games that matter in the sense that the, the, the TFC 2, the next pro team, is in the semifinals. So I'll watch that on the weekend and, uh, you know, with an eye to maybe a player that might be able to jump up and help that team next year. But, you know, TFC is going to be shaped on what they do in the back in the offseason, not not what happens in, in the next pro game. So, look, <laughs> good, go, go TFC 2. Go, go, go bring it home, guys. Exactly, exactly. MLS and Next Pro, interesting league too. And there's interesting articles now coming off of year one of MLX Pro and all the failures of year one. Maybe we should look into this for a future show down the road, Dwayne. A couple of the results over the last few days. On September 24th, last Saturday, the Galaxy and San Jose Earthquakes played the game that was delayed from earlier this year at Stanford in Northern California. San Jose and the LA Galaxy. And the Galaxy won 3-2 in San Jose. And on Tuesday, Seattle Sounders against Cincinnati won 1-1. And Seattle looking more and more like they will be the one left out of the dance there'll be the one party left standing when the music stop and you have to find the chair seattle about to miss the playoffs for the first time in their history yeah their magic number is one to be eliminated right so uh one point uh why two points actually technically but what when result they have to win out and have both salt lake city and minnesota lose out uh that does not seem likely it does seem like the historic moment that we that we uh, ta- thought about it and never thought we might see might happen. And that is the Seattle Sanders missing the playoffs. But uh, again, just, just one last note on next pro uh, hilariously, the first year of next pro there is still on the board, the possibility of a Seattle Sanders TFC uh, final because the t- Tacoma is on the uh, other side of the West. But uh, anyway, that's just something <laughs> funny. I thought, but exactly. I think that would be hilarious. But yeah. And of course, Seattle would be missing the playoff for the first time in their history. Having won earlier this year the CONCACAF Champions League, the first time an MLS team has won the trophy. But one thing that I do like to keep an eye on, it's the ball MVP or Golden Boot Race. Let's go with the Golden Boot Race, because yes, they're tied in together, but not necessarily exclusively. And this time around, there's a real race, and it's a high-level race that we have between two great strikers... Mature strikers, Hani Mokhtar, 23 goals this season. Sebastian Driussi, 21 goals. There's also Daniel Gazdag, who is third with 19 goals, but I don't think he can maybe reach Mokhtar. Driussi likes to score in bunches, so he can have a great game and maybe squeak by and join Hani Mokhtar of Nashville, which was announced, Dwayne, earlier this week. The Nashville will join back the Eastern Conference, having flip-flopped from East and West over the last few years, Nashville now will resettle in the Eastern Conference of Major League Soccer. But Hani Mukhtar, 23 goals, looking not only as the favorite, but also the odds-on favorite Dwayne to win the Golden Boot. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he'll he'll probably get that done. And just since we're talking about goals, just to finish the Seattle thought for a minute ago, uh, they're ranked 16th in the league in terms of goals scored. And what do I always say? Goals win titles. So so yeah. that, that's your problem that's right true. there. They didn't produce enough offense this year. That's yeah, Mark Torres uh, has been solid throughout the year. He's been a consistent force uh, all year long, and, and he would be very likely to, to finish on top of that list. And it's been a bit of a return to goal scoring this year. I think that's going to that trend's going to continue forward again even more. I think that there'll probably be uh, an influence of talent uh, coming into the league in the offseason. There has been, you know, a yeah. bit of a wall in the in terms of the the transfers outside of the last window. Uh, that's going to exasperate. So a guy like that, uh, it's good for him to to get that honors and move forward. Do you think he's the MVP favorite at this point? Because Driussi was really seen as one of the favorites, Acosta earlier this season, but at this point is Mukhtar the favorite for MVP because when you look at teams like Montreal, Philly, and even LAFC, dominating, yes, but there's not one name that stands out of these teams that you can say they're the MVP. When you look at Nashville and just Mukhtar's play with 23 goals and also a lot of assists that goes with it, is Mukhtar the MVP this year so far? He will be, yeah. Um, uh, it, I mean, I don't mean to be that definitive, but I think that when it comes to an MVP vote, it is very rare that there's kind of a question heading into the, the actual uh, voting of it. I mean, it's been pretty clear the last, I guess maybe Pozuelo's year, you might have debated a bit because Pozuelo's year, we no one knew what the hell was going on anyway because we're all in lockdown. But in terms of the, of the last few full seasons, it's been pretty clear by the time it got down to Mukhtar, well, well, I think has been the clubhouse favorite for a while on that award. And, and look, that's a team that hasn't necessarily gotten the credit that maybe it deserves based on its play uh, and based on, on his play. And, and that will be something that they will be able to hang their hat on. I don't think they're going to go to playoff run. I don't because in the playoffs, you can neutralize a single force and, and they don't have a lot of experience collectively in, in that kind of knockout situation. I'd be surprised, but, but look, it's, it's been a, a good second year and, and they, certainly will be set up to continue to build on that in 23 based on you know the three-year thing when it comes to the expansion teams they will be going into their third and final year of that cycle which will allow them to to really build towards being a championship contending tier for next year or they're ahead of the pace on that and, and he's the big reason why so it will be deserving award and i'm pretty sure uh, he will uh he will win that in in a fairly significant landslide <laughs> this year just as a as a top goal scorer, if we're looking at the odds from, uh, let's just say, the consensus here. If we're looking at the consensus odds for top goal scorer in Major League Soccer, it is um, Anu Mukhtar with 1.16. The UC is second at 4.40. So if you think Mukhtar is not going to score any more goals and the UC is going to have one great game and maybe another game with one, maybe that's something you can think of doing. But I do think that it's a tough task or maybe a tough ask to part with your money to back anybody else than Hany Mukhtar on that conversation. But since we're talking about odds, let's look at the odds to win it all. The odds to win MLS Cup in 2022. Of course, it's very similar to the Supporter Shield standings. That's how bookmakers work. But according to different book, and that is a consensus in legal books here in Canada, Philadelphia Union top of the table with 375 top favorite, followed by LAFC with 4.00. That means that if you spend a dollar on a wager 
for LAFC to win. If they do, you would win $4. CF Montreal, 11. Austin, 13. And Nashville, 17. That's your top teams. And then you have New York, NYCFC, and Dallas also at 17.00. Do you see any value in any teams here? Is it too chaotic in the playoffs even with one-offs and maybe that's something that we can look deep down in the future in hockey and in baseball over the last two years favorites are back winning at over a 62 percent margin and i'm interested to see if in major league soccer that's going to be the case which would mean less less surprises in the playoffs any value in those odds in your opinion Dwayne? I mean, it's this is the third will be the fourth season that we've had uh, third fourth season that we've had the single knockout situations going back to 2019's first one, um, and that of course led to the TFC Seattle final, the final one of that three set, and and there was upsets coming out of the East in terms of Toronto getting there. Uh, we haven't had the Sports Shield win in that no single knockout situation. Uh, the Sports Shield, the, the double is is very rare in Major League Soccer uh, because of the nature of the playoff league and the nature of the fact that it's pretty close. And often I think it's also a factor in the sense that a lot of teams that win the sort of supporter shield um, have high octane kind of players that, that, you know, they rely on. And if they get shut down in a playoff game, they can sometimes struggle there. Uh, it's rarer to have a team that has that solid depth top to bottom. And, and you can also see, you know, big runs from from teams that are, are kind of savvy in knockout situations. Um you mentioned those odds. You didn't get down to, you know, the, those sort of bottom seed ones. I, I would say that if you want a betting tip out of me, and I am not suggesting that you should ever expect to win money when it comes to a futures bet, it, they should be done for fun. Um, it, they really are not necessarily the smartest way to, to even gamble, let alone spend your money. I mean, right? Like that's that's my caveat. But from looking for value here, I'm going to look at a team that's outside that's bottom team. Uh, that is uh, done well in knockout situations before, and you could see maybe coming out of that bottom eight in the in the playoffs, like the bottom the bottom seeds, and, and the team that jumps out to me and that fits that description is Portland uh, right now. Uh, they will likely get in. They have a history of doing well and playing above their their station in playoffs. I think it's thirty seven to one. I don't have them in front of yeah, me right now. Yeah, uh, I have thirty five to one, but yeah, so thirty five thirty five point zero zero are the odds I have for Portland to win MLS Cup. Yeah, so so there's a bit of value there. Um, you know, Portland has a team that's gone, well, they were in MLS Cup last year. I mean, if you want to look at a more likely uh, run, I, I'd look in the East and look at a team that underachieved, the New York City FC, the finalist, the, the other champion for last year, they might need some value there. Um, you know, I'm sure that if you look at Montreal, I don't know if 11-1 is value in a future spec, to be honest. I mean, it looks nice, $10 to get you 110 back, but it's not and, and by the way it is american listeners out there i don't know why you list the odds the way you do this doesn't it make much more sense it's pure math here anyway nonetheless i don't understand american you, odds you, make no you sense would think i know exactly and if you're just new to american odds american odds would be example plus 105 which means that if you bet a hundred dollars you will get 105 back it's yeah. uh which means you might you make five dollars but if it's, it's minus one example, if it's minus one ten, it means that you will get ninety five forty five back of a hundred dollar bet. So uh, or whatever the math is. Yeah, it's it, whereas the decimal odds are just multipliers. Your bet times 
the multiplier, and there's your, your figure you get back, which includes the figure you bet. But at any rate, nonetheless, get him off that. Yeah, look, um, I don't. The, predicting the MLS Cup playoffs is like predicting MLS. There's a lot of variables at play, and you can't, like, no one would have predicted that RSL was going to do what they did against Seattle in the playoffs last year. They'd never replicate that game again, ever. You could play it a million times, they'd never do that mm-hmm. again. Especially not, uh, especially so, yeah. uh, anymore, because they got rid of the keeper. That made a big difference in that game, you know, and there's a lot of intangibles. That wasn't intangible that game and that day, and that will not be the case any more we'll uh, take a short break when we come back we'll continue our discussion of leaders in a couple of different categories in major league soccer sparked by an article on mlssoccer.com regarding expected goals we're going to look not only at expected goals but a couple of uh, maybe more obscure categories that as a sports statistician i love to deep 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 dive in and we'll be right back after this short break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Today SPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. And we're back on Soccer Today. Kev Larme with Dwayne Rollins as we say thank you to our patrons who have subscribed to our shout-out tier and a super shout-out tier at patreon.com slash twosolitudes. Thank you, and let's go, boys. Let's go also, girls, ladies, men, women, everybody listening. People, alien, dogs, cats. It's an inclusive soccer show here. And as we are here looking at a couple of different great categories, Dwayne, yes, expected goals is a category that is more recognized and in MLS there's a couple of good performers and expected goals and expected goals versus the amount of goals scored and either the plus of that or the minus of that but when we look at other statistics to me gives basically a value or quantify play of players that are not I would say appreciated enough and one of them is passes into the final third because it does illustrate the control of the ball of a player or a team in a certain position into the pitch where they can pass the ball either from far or close into the offensive part of the field generating some sort of attack that could lead to a shot creating action or even better yet will lead to a goal creating action and in the top 10 of major league soccer there is two players playing in montreal there's even one player from toronto in that top 10 in passes into the final third according to fb reference we do have kamal miller fourth with 166 Joel Waterman 8th with 157 
Let's not forget Kamal Miller has played fewer games than most of those players in the top 10, having been called on international duty earlier this year when other players weren't, and also with injury earlier this year. But him and Joe Waterman in the top 10, Michael Bradley is 6th with 165, but to me passes into the final third, shows a versatility when it comes to a defender and a defensive midfielder getting high into the league top 10 in that category. Yeah, well, it shows tactics as well in terms of what they're playing. And, and TFC listeners out there, I'd, I'd like you to underline that because that's what Michael Bradley still does well. And it's been something I've been saying without having that stat to back it up all year right. Like you can still see him do those longer cross field passes uh, into dangerous positions quite effectively. The problem is his foot speed when he gets isolated, but but not Michael Bradley. We're going to have tons of conversations with him heading into next year, so we'll leave that well enough alone for there. Yeah, no, look, the thing about the numbers that we're talking about right now, and, and this is more of a general conversation for all of these and includes XG and, and everything like that in there, um, they're not necessarily the most uh, interesting or informative things when you're talking about a single game. And that's often, I think, people get bogged down to that. The individual performance, they talk about like how much XG there was in one game or how much you know this or that there was in one game. But what they are useful for is when you look at a big sample size because that's going to tell you the trends. That's going to tell you it's going to eliminate outliers. It's going to even things out. So when you're looking at, at these kind of numbers right now, you are getting a good idea of what they do. You are getting an indication of, of whether a team is outperforming something, whether a player outperforms something, whether a player is struggling in a certain area. So those of you out there that are inclined to dismiss these kind of numbers, um, you have a point when it comes to one game, but you don't have a point when it comes to a whole season. It, they really are reflective of that. And you look at guys that can ping a long pass, and, and, and as we're talking about here, that is a useful trait that can open up certain things. Now, you know, having to bring Michael Bradley up again, clearly it's not to be all end all because, you know, <laughs> no, exactly. there's other problems out there. Well, well, yes. And also a, a number or a category and statistic can be skewed in a season where one team overly dominates one thing. Example, if you look at Philadelphia and how they scored so many goals, some of those players were on the pitch for all those 6 nil, 7 one 7 nothing. So that does create a difference of go plus and minus for the players that it's like incredible right so if you look at the plus minus in mls right now glassness andre blake and kai wagner of philly are top with plus 46 then you have jack elliott daniel gazdag leon flock all of philadelphia followed by bedoya Carranza and Jose Andres Martinez of Philadelphia. nine of the top 10 are philly and then you have Eli sanchez of lafc who's 10th but that means any that means nothing anymore because Philadelphia won those games, seven one six nothing. You can basically take all those nine players out of that category to get a true sense of what the plus minus should be in the league, of course, because it becomes an outlier. But those are things that I think are kind of interesting because we're heading into the playoffs, and like you mentioned, short sample size of data doesn't mean anything. But this sample size is big. We have the entire season of sample size and when you look at the expected goals and versus the goal scoring aspect Hani Mokhtar 19.1 expected goals he scored 23 goals yes he scored a lot more goals but he's still top of the league for expected goals so it's normal that he would be top of the league in goal scored where I'm surprised is Javier Hernandez Chicharito was there at the beginning of the season where is he now he's not even 
in the top of the conversation for that because he trailed off and there's a couple of antics that he pulled when he had some easier goals. So there's still that aspect that it's not fully assured. But heading to the playoffs, when you have a high expected goal like Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, second in the league with 17.2, in a one-off situation, those are numbers that can influence a game. If this player gets one chance and actually buries it because he does create chances, that's what expected goals could be meaningful for. Uh, those are still type of things that if LA Galaxy ever squeak in because they have a player like Javier Hernandez in a one-game situation, numbers like this that he does produce could skew how you would handicap that game. Yeah, look, when I'm coming, when I look at these numbers, I, I tend like XG, for instance, versus actual G, like the goals they scored, which is actual G. I just made a stat up. Goals, the goals. A A G versus X G. What is A G? Actual goals. Oh, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, we, you, we mean, you mean goals? Yeah, yeah, G. Yeah, look, I, I I tend to look at the split, right? Like, you know, if a guy's over, let's just our talk. Our Vancouver talked all off season, right? You know, if you're looking at a big disparity there, then then there's something going on, and, and you can have players that outperform that, like. Uh, Josie Elstor traditionally in his career outperformed his XG and that suggested that he had something like if you do that year after year that's you're doing something different you have a quick release you have something in the box that you're able to do quickly uh, you have a, you know a play or whatever that allows you to score longer shots or have quick releases or, or get stuff away Kyle Lauren is a great example for that his XG is much lower than his actual goals most often because he has such a quick release in the 18 that tells you about that player so you have to look at it in the context of the player um, you know, when you look at guys that have the XG that they're expected to have, the goals that they're expected to have with the XG, that tells you that they're consistent. And, and in a playoff situation, um, look, one of the things that when the, the new stats revolution started to push into North American sports 15 years ago or so now, that happened to correspond when I first started to get blogging and, and was big into that world right then in terms of, you know, there was like a whole bunch of bloggers out there, a whole bunch of people out there that were chip on their shoulders trying to prove the old school sports analysis people that these numbers mattered and there was a big fights all the time and what always got missed in that is is how it was this concept of clutch right like you don't understand that there's this player out there that's going to step his game up and is going to do wonderful things in the playoffs and all that well what these numbers continue to show us is clutch is bullshit that doesn't exist but what does exist is players that dip when the pressure comes on so there is that lack of of that over overcompensation thing that happens sometimes when you try too hard to use terms that aren't stats related and stats will show that up. So if you have a guy that goes into the, uh, that's playing all year at their XG level, not below it or not above it, then I have more faith that they will continue to score at that level than I have anyone who's overachieved or, or definitely underachieved them because that to me shows that they have, either have a lot of luck on their side and if there's not enough data for years and years to back that up then i'm not going to trust it or that they constantly kind of choke up when they are getting in a position to score and then then you can definitely imagine that that number is going to drop further so that's kind of my roundabout way of how i would use those numbers to evaluate a playoff performance but ultimately here's the dirty little secret of all sports analysis is that when you're talking about a single game the biggest factor of all always kevin is dumb luck it really is you could have the best season ever and you could hit the crossbar six times in a game and have you know one 40 yard shot go in against you and lose one nil that's the game and that's why we love it because it's not ai for sure and 
Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but I think it's all things that are interesting to look into because, of course, uh, now knowing Montreal will officially finish second in the Eastern Conference for sure. They could finish first. And the way that it could finish first is if Philly loses both their last games and Montreal win both their last games, Montreal would have 65 points. Philly would have 64. It's very doubtful because uh, Philly hasn't lost a game at home and they're playing at home the next game this weekend. And this season, they're 11-0-5 at home. So I doubt that Philly will lose at home. Well, and they end with Toronto, too. Well, so, so, exactly. So it's like, it's like yeah, that's not going to happen. But... Montreal will be second. They cannot finish third. They cannot be caught by New York. New York is nine points behind Montreal. Quite remarkable season when you think about it. Montreal is outperforming their best ever, but by eight at this point. It's insane. They lost once since July 16th. It's insane. It's like, Dwayne, I, I work every single game that Montreal plays. It's like I'm in part of it, and I like it's like I'm numb. It's like because I'm because I'm so close in the forest, I don't I'm so close to the trees that I don't see the forest of success. I just see like, okay, next game. I just, I'm busy on the day-to-day aspect. And I'm like, wow. Uh, but Montreal will finish second. And then I start to look at who is their poss- possible opportunity of opponent. And you have Miami, Orlando, Columbus, depending if Columbus can crawl back up that line. I doubt Atlanta. It's a little too late for Atlanta. But when I look at teams like Miami and teams like Orlando... That's when I go back to the stats and look at, okay, who are the game breakers that stand out in some categories that would indicate to me that they they are those game breakers? And then you look in Miami's direction. They have players like Grigor that I do not want to face in the playoff because he can shut you down defensively and he can restart the offense being a good passes into the final third type of guy and there's a couple players like this you don't want to play against Pozuelo in the playoffs you never know what can happen when he's motivated and well surrounded Miami can be dangerous and if the playoffs were to start tomorrow morning Miami would be Montreal's opponent and then you look at Orlando a couple less dangerous aspect but there's a couple players that always play very well against Montreal so you're looking at a situation where you're going to play against Miami Orlando probably one of those two in a situation where they're not easy teams either. No, I mean, the, the home advantage will, will be significant, particularly, you know, Montreal in October is not going to be warm. I've gone to games in Montreal in October. It's pretty damn chilly in, in Saputo Stadium. So if you're playing Miami, that's that's not necessarily something they're going to be used to. Although you mentioned, you know, Pozuelo, a player who played his career up till this year in Toronto. So in MLS, obviously. So he's, has played in cold weather as well, but although that's they did play low last year mostly in Florida, didn't they? Um, God, the last couple of years were so weird. This is a uh, exactly. nice that we had a full real season, isn't it? Look, Montreal should be favored to win that game, and what Montreal's done very well is kind of just what I spoke to. Is I look for consistency and results when I'm trying to handicap a playoff situation. That's the only thing you can really go on. And what Montreal does better than almost anyone else, other than Philadelphia, which is on a different level, is that they just don't lose. They just consistently are able to find a way to get a result. Now, there's draws in those results, right? Like the und- when you say undefeated streak, there there are games that would go to a shootout if they were in a playoff situation and and then you get into a whole different kind of conversation at that point of whether you can get the the job done there and you know there's not enough of a sample size for any one of us to suggest if a team's better than another team in a shootout situation um really just not it's just not possible there's there's zero handicapped out i mean maybe you could look at the keeper 
and say, you know, do you trust the keeper here? But, but even really, then, you're, yeah, guessing. You're, you're right, though. You're guessing. There's zero, uh, basically, sample size for any team. That's It's not like we see them a few times a year in a shootout situation. We usually don't. So, you know, yeah. there's actually... And it's a, a four-game yeah. sprint, the playoffs, right? Like, it, it that's the, what they love about it, and it is entertaining. It absolutely is. I mean, I'm not a college basketball fan, but I always watch March Madness because it's entertaining because of the nature of the one-game knockout, and MLS is trying to to emulate that um it's not my favorite because i watch this league closely week in week out but i get why they do it from a pure entertaining perspective and and i've seen my team the team that i follow most closely the team that you know the only team that i would call myself a supporter of even though it's hard some days is is toronto took advantage of that and made a run to the playoffs like to the final and you know honestly probably was at least the equal team in that final game (laughs) if it wasn't for kind of a lucky goal that hit the it uh, the the names escape me right now, but they deflected and went in. Right, Toronto might might win the 2019 final from a poor seed. So like, look, you get in. That's all you want. You got a ticket. Montreal has a ticket. They've been consistent all year. They have a chance. Now that said, Philadelphia is on a different level in the East. In fact, they are on a different level in the league. They are to me the clear favorite heading into the playoffs right now, and that's going to be tough for anyone to overcome in the East because of their depth, because of their consistency. The same issues with with Montreal. The same good issues with Montreal, except they are just a little notch higher. They're going to be tough to yeah. overcome, but single game knockout, exactly. who knows? And there's a bye. Philly's going to have a bye, and if you look at the teams like New England, who had the bye last year, it did not fare well coming off the bye. Who knows what's going to happen, but those are all great things to put back into our mindset, into our front cerebral cortex, or to the front of our minds. To keep in mind before we're heading to tomorrow, which will preview the penultimate weekend of Major League Soccer heading into Decision Day next week. But this weekend, week number 33 Major League Soccer, we will break it down in the next episode of Two Solid to No, it's a wow, that's a blast from the past. But you can follow Two Solitudes on uh, patreon.com slash two solitudes. But tomorrow on Soccer Today, the weekend preview. And as always, until next time for Dwayne Rollins. I'm Kev Laramie. Thank you to all our supporters. Thank you to our listeners, podcast subscribers. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on social media at Soccer Today SPN, at Kev Laramie, at 24th Minutes. And yes, a shameless plug. Hit that download button anywhere you can and help us chart once again in all the soccer categories of the podcast charts everywhere. But as always, until next time. Have a good soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcasts.